Hello, principals, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George, and I'm an educational leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center. Whoop, whoop. So like always, Adam and I are just so excited to bring you all this NAESP Principal Podcast so we can talk about real ideas with amazing principals to help make your leadership stronger and more innovative and you are in for a treat today. Yeah, and today we are talking with two stellar, amazing educational leaders. And I would also add, well, I'm going to add friends. I've known both of these leaders for a long time, have hung out together in person in many different, uh, many different places. And it's just great to have them on the podcast. Jessica Gomez, Allison Apsey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, like what an honor and joy to be able to call the three of you friends, like such a gift. You know, that's, I'm glad you said that, Allison, because I don't, I think I take it for granted sometimes just the people that I know and the quality of the people that I know. And I would just say, that's just, that's, um, that's the pitch for getting connected. And all of us have been connected educators for at least a decade. I know that I have. And these relationships, they just don't, they don't happen overnight. They happen over time with just meeting people at conferences and Twitter and Voxer and Christmas cards and just all those different things in collaboration. So uh, quickly, Jessica, for the two or three people out there that don't know who you are, <laughs> tell us who you are and tell us what you do. So I am an elementary school principal in Colton, California. I've been, been a principal for 11 years and loving every um, minute of it. I also am an NASP fellow for the Center for um, Women in Leadership. So that's been an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, do some consulting work and um, some mentoring. And just really my passion is to help guide leaders into becoming better versions of themselves. Yeah, I love it. Allison, tell us who you are, what you do, where you are right now, and uh, just a little <laughs> bit about yourself. I'm in the middle of a cold effect trying to get signal, but I am um, an elementary principal in Zeeland, Michigan, so in West Michigan. This is my 19th year as a principal, and I've been a principal of every level, and I just feel incredibly blessed to be connected and have the opportunity to, to write and to learn from so many educators across the country, including the three of you. So just really happy to be here. I did notice to your point, Adam, that NAESP put out a tweet asking, it was a survey asking like why, what's the greatest benefit of being an NAESP member? And I saw that like 99% of the respondents said the connections that we make. And I just have been thinking about what a better principal and really better person I am since being connected and just feeling confident to learn and grow continuously alongside leaders like you guys. Yeah, Rachel, I'm gonna go off script for a second because I think this conversation is, is so important. I think the fastest and the easiest way to start the connection journey is to just go to Twitter and type in elementary principal and go follow 100 new principals every month. Jess, do you have a strategy 
that you would give the listeners? Because some people go, would say, or maybe you're saying, well, how do I find these people? Where are they? And we were all there, our, our origin story of how we started. But what would be your one tip for going to find other people to connect with? Yeah, so I think maybe a lot of us do this at the beginning or thought about it, but just going, so if I would hear someone who I'm inspired by, so if there is a principle, so like, for example, like Allison, I'm thinking, okay, Allison's amazing, Rachel's amazing, Adam's amazing, I'm going to go and see who they follow, right, I want to see who they're following, and so you don't want to necessarily follow everybody they're following, but if you happen to see that part of their um, Twitter handle, maybe is a principal or an administrator, um, sometimes they are sometimes they're not right but just kind of doing filtering through maybe some of the people that they're following and um or they're quoting or they're retweeting right then that tells me that they respect that person enough and what they have to share that i might want to follow them so that's a great start like find a few key individuals that either you've read books about um listened on podcasts seen at conferences and start there yeah, and don't be shy. I know there's been so many times over the years that people, it's like, you got to ask people out, you know, like you got to just be brave. I know uh, a good friend of all of ours, Jessica Cabine, we joke that she asked me to the prom years ago. And that was just a way of like, hey, Adam, do you want to be friends? And I didn't know Jessica. And now she's like one of my best friends from around the country. So just don't be shy because if people are putting themselves out there, there's a really, really high probability that they're a really good person and, and that they want to connect to. Allison, do you have a tip or a strategy for people that are trying to get connected? And I think it's good too, because um, Allison, you live in a little bit more of a rural area. I know like Jess and myself, uh, where we live, there's a lot of schools and a high concentration of people. Uh, Rachel's in like the Portland, Oregon area, a little bit more rural, but you're connected. So maybe people that are a little bit more rural across the country, maybe feel that they're at a deficit, but they're really not. Um, what are your tips or recommendations for getting connected and finding those people? Yeah, I think too, like Twitter is an awesome platform, but once you find an educator that you're, you know, you're liking the content they're putting out or the connections they have, you could even venture over to Facebook and see what they're putting out on Facebook or Instagram, because the things that I put out on Twitter are a little bit different than the things that I put out on Facebook. So just venturing into other social media platforms might be a good strategy also. I really like that because, you know, I started following you, Allison, and then it wasn't until we connected on Facebook that I saw like a whole nother lens. And then I even remember the first time I met you face to face, I'm sure that you were like, who is this crazy chick? Um, do I really, am I really friends with her on Facebook? But it was at an NAESP event at the National Leaders Conference and I remember you walking through the group to go sit down before the keynote started. And I'm like, I know her. So just great tips and opportunities, both of you and big commonality with NAESP for sure. So let's jump into something that you guys have been really hot on the last couple months. I mean, and you guys are always spot on with a lot of your topics that you guys are delivering and supporting leaders with, but this one, wow, hit, hit not the funny bone, but like right on the spot bullseye with it. And that is how to make staff meetings engaging. And I would love to hear your top two tips to make them meaningful. Well, okay, so I guess we'll start. So it all started <laughs> with the National Principals Conference just this summer in, in Chicago. And um, well, actually, no, it started before then, right, Allison, when um, 
yeah, how did I remember? Anyways, well, point is we were going to, we said, let's do something about staff meetings because um, Allison and I, you know, that's one of our passions is to ensure that the learning and the growth happens in a way that doesn't have to be mundane, that doesn't have to be stale, that doesn't have to be, you know, where people are falling asleep and not looking forward to coming and growing and developing as educators. And um, so we really wanted to focus on what are those engagement strategies to connect our, uh, I'm sorry, to help grow our, our staffs. And for me, I'll share one. Um, one of the great things is how do you set the tone? How do you set the environment just to walk into a meeting? Um, what, are you, what are you calling the meeting, right? Just from the very onset of, is it just a staff meeting where you're coming in, it's stale, it's dry, there's no music, there's not even the bottle of water. Um, you know, just those simple things can make a huge difference. So that creating a welcoming environment where people are excited to be there and seeing their colleagues and just giving them enough, like, I wonder what we're going to do today and just building up a little bit of excitement, even if it does, it is going to be mundane. Um, Allison, if you want to share another one. Yeah, that's a great tip. And I, I love that we were, Jessica and I were able to come together on this shared passion because I learn so much from Jessica because her strengths and focus, I think really pair well with, with my areas of focus. And one of the things that we did a few years ago is we simply changed the name from staff meeting to staff collaboration time. And I think my staff, I am a little bit cheesy. You guys all know that, but, and my staff knows that, um, but they're like, okay, Allison, what does this mean? But really it just changed the emphasis. And it's really the, that, that focus on the room is smarter than any individual. And when we put our heads together, we can kind of come up with such incredible things. And so it helps me as I'm looking at the agenda for our staff meetings to focus on, okay, this is not a staff meeting. It is staff collaboration time. So even if we have to go over some policy or procedure, how can we invite all the voices in the room to help us come up with like a better product or a better policy or procedure? So everything we do involves a level of collaboration. And I have not found one single thing that we do that wouldn't involve a level of collaboration, even like take a few minutes, turn and talk to your neighbor about what questions you have about this new initiative or what we're doing. And like Jessica said, what we call it is really important. So we have staff collaboration time where we're collaborating. And then sometimes we have to have just informational meetings. So you know that concept of like, if it could be an email, it shouldn't be a meeting. True. Yet there are times where it's really important that my staff hears about something through my actual voice and in person. So if it's something that they might have a lot of questions about or might be some, something where they have big feelings about, it's really important that we come together for me to deliver that information in person. And then I call it a state of the union address, actually. So I would call it like the state of Quincy address. And we have at least one of those a year where we're, I'm just telling them like, here's all the stuff I know, like what questions do you have? So just even calling it something different can completely change the expectations of the meeting. Yeah, that that shakeup, I think, is so important. Last year, um, I've been away from the principalship for a few years, as, as you all know. And last year, I was an interim principal for seven months for a maternity leave. And I ran their staff meetings. And like you, like you all, I called them something different when they were staff gatherings. And um, I 
I like to show a video at the beginning of the meeting and just like the flow. And they were usually an hour long and I was done in 40 minutes and I cut people loose and they didn't know. It was kind of like, like a line of ants. And then you like put your finger through the line of ants and then they don't know what to do at first. Like the staff didn't know what to do. I'm like, Hey, we're done. Go enjoy the rest of your day. You get 20 minutes back. And I think that's a really important thing too. Ladies, can you speak to the length of the meeting? I'm just so over the hour meeting, just hour in general. I don't know who came up with that. It was probably some contractual issue in a contract years ago, and they can't be longer than an hour. But I don't think a lot of times they need to be longer than 30 minutes. Sometimes they might need to be, but they often don't. So Jess, do you have a strategy or an approach when you're planning the meeting or even just delivering the meeting when you're looking at your clock or the watch um, and just honoring people's time or just doing something totally different than just going through a staff gathering? Uh, yeah. So first and foremost, I definitely start on time. So I start on time. It's like, if we're starting at three, we're starting at three, right? And especially depending on what time you have your staff meeting, most staff meetings um, are usually after school for most schools. So you think about how you feel at the end of the day, right? And then you think about how your staff is feeling at the end of the day, exhausted. So you don't want to be belaboring. It's like, I said, three, we said three o'clock, three o'clock it is. So starting on time is respectful of everyone and um, ensuring that you're able to get through the content. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, when you were talking, Adam, I thought, yeah, it's a contractual thing, usually, right? Usually it's like a contract for states that have unions, usually it's a contractual thing. Um, sometimes you do need the time because you need the opportunity to collaborate and discuss. And I do find that I tend to use my hour, but it's not an hour where I'm just talking at them, right? It's not a sit and get hour. It's a building, um, getting our staff to come together, um, doing some inclusion activities where people are feeling like, oh, wow, I haven't had a chance to really talk to you. Let's, let's, let's collaborate on something, doing some kind of a mindfulness activity to kind of ground ourselves. So that takes part of it. The content piece of it usually is, is just 20, 15 minutes, right? Of Because you can only soak in so much. But if there is, uh, but you do need some time to kind of talk through it and collaborate and, and model for your staff the kinds of things you want them to maybe incorporate into a lesson. And so sometimes it does take an hour, but it's not because I'm talking at them for an hour, right? It's because we're really, um, we're really trying to to get inclusive and get some great dialogue going on. But if I don't need an hour, I don't do an hour, right? It's like if it has to be, if it runs to an hour, great. But it just, if it doesn't have to be, there's no need to keep them. He's like, oh, I have ten more minutes. What can I do? Stretch it out? No, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. I know they don't want that. They want to go home to their families. They're tired. So if you don't need to have a meeting, then don't have a meeting just for the sake of having a meeting because you can have a meeting as an administrator. So true. Jessica, I want to dive a little deeper into something that you mentioned. You said modeling the practices you would like to see in the classroom. Tell me more because I think that's something that can be a little awkward for us as leaders as we're trying to model that. It's different when we're in front of kids, but when we're in that staff meeting or that professional development time, sometimes folks shy away. How do you get over that? What are you actually modeling? Tell me more. 
So it could be anything from a hands-on activity, right? Um, anything from um, like have fun, like first and foremost, have fun with your staff. So it's okay to have fun with your kids, especially at the beginning, like of a school year and how you're building relationships. So it could be a fun game that you're gonna play, it's a simple game, just so that they have the opportunity to talk to two or three people that they haven't connected with. Because if you think of even in a classroom, you might have a classroom of 30 kids. And I'll guarantee you that even within a school year, there will be some kids who have hardly talked to one another, even in their own classroom. And that's all about how do you set that up? There, there may be, there's so many opportunities to mix up your groups and have opportunities to get together. And the same with staff. So you have your primary staff, your, your intermediate staff, how often are they even talking? Like they can go through years and years and years of working together, but really not know each other. So modeling and, and having them talk to somebody they don't usually talk to is one. And then I also think about um, like, when we come in, I try to, I think about like when they're coming in, kids coming in from recess or lunch, and they're just like all over the place, right? Their mind is somewhere else. They're not necessarily in the mindset of, okay, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to focus, right? So how do you bring them down from that? It's the same way you start a staff meeting, staff gathering, a staff collaboration. How can I help bring them down from whatever they just came from? It could have been a great day. It could have been a hard day. And so things like um, adult coloring pages, just have them lay out on the table. Have, uh, have them lay down on the table, have some candy, have some color pencils. And as they're walking in, just let them go at it. So I have seen um, some teachers, that's what they do. They'll have some coloring pages for their kids as they walk in from recess and lunch, give them a few minutes to kind of get ground themselves. And then they're ready to shift gears, reset the brain, and ready to focus. Awesome. Thanks. So, Allison, I am really, really curious. How do you pull in maybe those staff that are a little hesitant to engage, or they're sitting in the back of the room with a fun facial feature going on right at you? How do you pull them in? How do you get them engaged? How do you pull them into that, that community you're building? Right. I, and I think just Jessica and I are so like-minded and that we want to capitalize on every minute we have with staff because staff know what a precious commodity time is. And they really respect leaders who recognize that precious commodity. So just like with students, when, it, when we want to engage every single student, we use different strategies. So it might be small group, like small fire conversations or turn and talk, or we understand the value of technology and using a tool like Mentimeter where they get to, their voice gets elevated and it's represented on the screen. So there's so many different ways we can include every single staff member. But I think one of the things that's really important is to kind of pull the curtain back and share with staff like why you're doing what you're doing with them. I have the opportunity to um, coach educational leaders. And I had a conversation with one recently and she's like, well, I think my staff is gonna roll their eyes at an inclusion activity when they first come into the meeting. They don't want to be you know, doing some silly inclusion activity. Well, pro tip is use, incorporate content, just like with students. They don't want to you know, necessarily do something just for the sake of doing it. Staff members don't wanna do something just for the sake of doing it. But if it's incorporating maybe an ELA content concept or math or maybe an SEL concept, and you incorporate that content into an inclusion activity, then it becomes so much more meaningful for all of the staff members. Yeah, uh, 100% across the board, Jessica and Allison. This is the time of the podcast where we want a 
a hot tip. So we want just one hot tip that you can give to other leaders out there. I'm going to start. I, I recommend principals and leaders have your meeting in a different location every month. Don't have your meeting always in the library or always in the staff room because then it doesn't just get people out there. I mean, y'all were talking about getting people from different grade levels talking that maybe they don't usually collaborate because when was the last time a kindergarten teacher talked to a fifth grade teacher? But when was the last time a kindergarten teacher was actually in a fifth grade teacher's classroom? So I recommend every month have your staff meeting, staff gathering, whatever we want to call it in a different location. That's a really great way to cross pollinate and collaborate. And if you have a really big school, I get it, but do your best. If you can't fit every teacher in there, um, just try to get people in different environments because that's a natural way to learn and grow and collaborate with other people without having to set them up on a collaboration date. Hopefully they're going to do it um, just regardless. Jessica, we'll start with you for the hot tip. Go to Allison and then we'll close it out. So my hot tip would be tap your, your um, teacher leaders to be part of the learning and growing of your staff meetings. We all see um, amazing, we all have amazing teachers on our campus and look for that. Look for those excellent um, practices and have them share at staff meetings and have them um, be the ones that are leading and guiding the conversation because their colleagues really, really respect that. And even if it's a teacher who doesn't like to necessarily, it's not typically the sharer, tap them on the shoulder, tap them on the shoulder because every teacher on your campus has something great to share. Yeah, 100%. Allison, what do you think? What do you got for us? Oh my gosh, great tips, you guys. Um, so one tip that I have is take advantage of every opportunity you have to come together and build culture. Like don't forget about that opportunity to build culture for the sake of content. Because like our mission, our vision, that needs to live and come alive every time we come together. And it can, it, that can happen in a variety of different ways. And Jessica and I collaborate all the time on how we can make that happen. But building culture, building relationships, like if the only thing you do when you come together is build culture and build relationships, that is time well spent. Just don't neglect that in each opportunity. Yeah, well, 100%. I think we should just have like a little sign that just says 100% or Rachel, we need, <laughs> we need to record something that just says like 100% when you when it. you completely agree. Rachel, what is your hot tip? Gosh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't forget about you, but now I'm asking like, what is your hot no, tip? Good. Mine, I'm going to take it down a couple notches. It's not innovative. It's pretty basic. Have an agenda and put it out before the mm -hmm. meeting and mm -hmm. ask for input on it. I for like personal disclosure, I am a meeting hijacker. If you do not show me your agenda, I am going to hijack your meeting. I'm going to like be a meeting extender. I'm going to double that length of meeting because I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're going to talk about. And I want to make sure my stuff that is really burning on my mind gets addressed. So if you can solve that by just putting out an agenda and asking for my input, we are good. Super simple, basic tip, but food for thought. So can, um, can I just share something about yeah, that, about the yeah, agenda yeah, yeah. that Allison actually told us, she, this is what she presented on at the conference, um, was how you set up the agenda and how do you include your, um, your people, her agenda items, she set some up as questions. Want to share a little bit about that, um, Allison? Yeah, I think that just lends itself to this idea of our meeting is to come together and collaborate. 
So our, our agenda is like, how does this work? How does this fit? So each agenda item is a question. And I am a total proponent of having that visible agenda. And also I was scared to do this at first, but I send out my slideshow ahead of time because I thought, oh, probably staff like watch all the videos and know everything that's going to happen beforehand. But no, they don't. First of all, they don't have time for that. And second, if they do, that's the kind of person they are. They need to have more information before they enter the meeting like Rachel. <laughs> so they're not a meeting hijacker. But so I love that the idea of posing agenda items questions and having that visible agenda, even with like time limits on them. And then have a staff member who loves to keep you on track with time be in charge of keeping you on track. I have a staff member who loves that job and I am so thankful because I could go on and on and on and we need to stick to our agenda. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say it again, a hundred percent. So what I would, you know, what I would recommend, I mean, the four of us are talking and we're recording this for NAESP, but get five, get 10 principles in your area across the state, start a Facebook group, start a Voxer chat, start a once a month zoom call where you talk about these things and then share them out with the world. Cause that's how we, the four of us all started in just our, our connection journey. If you want to learn more from these amazing school leaders at Mrs. Jess Gomez with a Z for the Jessica Gomez and Allison Apsey is just at Allison Apsey two L's in that first name thank you again for joining this episode of the NAESP principal podcast if you want to learn more about NAESP is naesp.org also right now they are accepting proposals for the conference next summer in Louisville Kentucky 2022 if you have not been to Louisville it's a really fun city there's a big river that goes through there's the Louisville Slugger baseball bat museum you can get a baseball bat I you probably need to ship it home I don't think you can take that on the plane but um it's really fun I know this is where I started my journey was at the NASP conference in Long Beach six, seven years ago and just meeting so many amazing people. So everyone out there, thank you for all you do. Join NASP, share the podcast, connect with these ladies, and we will see you next time.